texture of your hair. Who taught you to hate the color of your skin? We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Welcome back to Pull the Pin. I am your host, Kevin Ejoma. And we are back for our fourth episode, ladies and gents. And uh, as the white folk would say, it's a dog days of summer. (laughs) So I hope y'all are staying cool, active, and motivated because it's really hard out here. Um, Unemployment's at 10%. Black unemployment is hovering around 25%. And uh, black male unemployment is hovering around 40%. Last I checked. So, yeah, things are hard out here. Keep your head up. Special shout out, as always, to my boys at What You Expect. Check us out at wyexpect.com. Always working, always learning. <laughs> I would also like to thank my man's Kyle Carroll for joining us last week. Um, and if you haven't given last week a listen, make sure y'all find some time to check that out because it's some really good stuff. I'm happy to let y'all know I have a really interesting show planned for y'all this week. Uh, we are going to discuss the NCAA replicating real life politics and basically imploding before our very eyes. Uh, Trump undermining the democracy by attacking the U.S. Postal Service. We're also going to discuss briefly QAnon. And y'all are going to get my live reaction to WAP, better known as Wet Ass. And I'm going to get my take on some of the discussions swirling around that video. And last but definitely not least, I'm introducing a new segment this week called Healthy Lifestyle 101. Uh, That's going to be where I take questions and have guests geared towards the individuals in my audience are looking to lead healthier lifestyles, as the name would suggest. I'm not going to stunt. It's primarily geared towards women, as those are the folks that ask me the most questions. But don't worry, fellas. There'll be plenty of tidbits for y'all as well. This week, I invite an old friend of mine, Zakia Mack, uh, to chat and discuss her journey towards a healthier, more spiritual, and more mindful lifestyle. And she'll offer her insights on some of the steps y'all can take towards a healthier and happier self. All right? It's going to be some good stuff. All that today on Pull the Pin. But first, if y'all haven't already, definitely go check out my article I wrote a couple weeks ago, um, breaking down Joe Biden's potential VP nominees. It's a 10-minute read. And if you're real lazy, you can just skip to Kamala Harris because Joe Biden turns out to to, to pick her. Uh, If you read the article, you'll instantly pick up that. From my point of view, the choice was pretty obvious. Uh, She has the bona fides that make it very difficult for for her to be attacked by conservatives as she cut her teeth in law enforcement. There's been actually some uh, documents that leaked out of the. the RNC kind of bouncing ideas off of their constituents of 
vacillating between Kamala Harris being a super liberal of the Senate and Kamala Harris being an enemy of liberals because she used to be a quote unquote a cop, right? That's how confused they are. They don't even know what to do. And honestly, it's getting to the point of borderline comedy. Like they really don't know how to approach Kamala Harris, right? Uh, listen to Mike Pence just yesterday and how ridiculous he sounded. Senator Kamala Harris said she would change the dietary guidelines of this country to reduce the amount of red meat Americans can eat. Well, I've got some red meat for you. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. <laughs> See, man, they're scrambling right now. They're scrambling. I didn't even have to edit that. He really said that this weekend. He really said that. And you know why they're scrambling? Um, she's already been vetted uh, by running a presidential campaign. She was one of the first people, one of the first heavyweights to bow out. Um, but she was still probably, she still landed probably the best and cleanest blow to Joe Biden in the first Democratic um, presidential debate last year. Of, of all the women Joe Biden was considering, Kamala was easily the most qualified, had the highest national profile. And, and, and who are we kidding? She's black, right? Nonetheless, the decision is historic. I mean, it, it took a little bit of courage. Um, if, if Joe Biden is elected and all the polls at this point indicate he will be, she will not only be the first woman, but the first black and Asian vice president in this country's history. Big fucking deal, for real. Um, but honestly, her resume speaks for itself. You know, just go do the homework. I don't got to lay it out for you. Why I'm, I, why I'm actually here is I want to call out all the unfair treatment Kamala Harris has received and will receive until November 3rd and probably beyond. Like, and I'd like to let y'all know I'm not going to be here for it. I won't. And here's why. First, it's becoming increasingly, increasingly clear a lot of folks don't actually know how the government or the legal system works, and that's okay. I, I'm, I'm no expert either. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a political scientist. What I can tell you, though, is. What, what was it that Kanye said? Uh, no one man should have all that power. Well, yeah, no one does. Right. Well, at least they're not supposed to. And that includes the attorney general. There appears to be a sense that Kamala Harris went after black men and black communities. And excuse me, <laughs> we live in America. America and its laws are set up to go after black men and black communities. No one person can circumvent that. The mayor of Los Angeles during the crack epidemic and Rodney King was Tom Bradley. Look him up. You're a black man from Texas. He couldn't stop the federal government from flooding his communities with cheap dope. He couldn't stop the police departments from beating up innocent black men. You know why? Because regardless of who is in charge, the system is going system. 
Take a look at Ferguson. Michael Brown happened with Barack Obama in office. He had a black attorney general, Eric Holder, Eric Holder, and he sent federal troops to Missouri. Black men went to jail for federal crimes from 2008 to 2016. Plenty of them did. I don't know the numbers, but I know some did, right? We don't hold Barack Obama responsible for those people locked up. And you know what? When it comes to men and power, we tend to understand the nuance of decision making as a leader in America. And even though Barack was black, we afford him with a level of grace and understanding we usually reserve for leaders who happen to be men. When Eric Garner was killed and a grand jury declined to indict, Obama said, um, right now, unfortunately, we are seeing too many instances where people just do not have confidence that folks are being treated fairly. And in some cases, those may be misperceptions, but in some cases, that's a reality. <clears throat> That's my terrible, that's it's terrible Barack Obama. But take note of the fence sitting and equivocating, all right? And I mean, I'm not even coming for Barack, but that's kind of the world that he was existing in just six years ago, right? Where they kind of had to fence it and equivocate a little bit. And Kamala Harris was existing in that same space, in that same environment. So when I see Kamala Harris being dragged for doing her job, better than her white predecessor, by the way, I won't stand for it. And she doesn't either. She's proud of her career in law enforcement. And she should be. She rose to the highest levels of her chosen profession and field where she oversaw the largest criminal justice department in America. Y'all want to hold her responsible for every brother that got locked up in Cali? The same Cali that just killed Dipsy and Pop Smoke? <laughs> we acting like no niggas is ever supposed to go to jail. Come on, man. All I'm saying is being in a position of power is complicated. And more times than not, the masses understand that. Except when it comes to women. In positions of power. In my opinion, oftentimes, ambition, success, or strength is perceived differently depending on who is in that position. And listen, I understand. At any top job, including being the quote unquote top cop in California, a lot does and should fall on your shoulders. And I'm not saying Kamala Harris is beyond reproach quite the opposite right however i think it's worth considering whether or not we're treating her relationship with law enforcement the same way we treat the fairer skinned male darlings of the democratic party like bernie sanders who is a pro-gun pro-police union progressive or andrew cuomo who I don't even have to say, like his relationship with the police is well documented. And even during the George Floyd riots, he was equivocating plenty. But if you have not even considered those relationships or even Obama's inaction on a lot of the issues related to race throughout his own presidency, then I can already see the hypocrisy. 
and y'all need to do your research then do some soul searching let's pull the pen Amen. I told you so. <laughs> In my first episode, I made a prediction about the NCAA, and it's almost here. Uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12 have officially canceled their fall seasons uh, following the Ivy League's lead. And everyone aside from Jim Harbaugh, um, Scott Frost, and Justin Fields seems to be on board with that. Meanwhile, the ACC... The SEC and the Big 12 are full steam ahead, with the Big 12 releasing their schedule just last week. Um, now, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say as kids come back, uh, start to have parties, as we're actually hearing about this weekend, um, start to pass around and catch the cooties, thus endangering the athletes um, and the prospect of the, sc of the school year in and of itself becoming untenable. I think even those conferences hanging on for dear life will have no choice but to call it quits too. Uh, but as is, the dynamic that exists is still quite interesting. Think about what's going on in this country. Uh, we have a country mostly split between blue and red states, and that has even permeated college athletics. And I mean, why wouldn't it, right? Um, while the conferences based in the western, midwestern, and northeastern parts of the United States have decided to take uh, what I consider precautionary measures against what are pretty unknown risks at this point, um, especially with the emergence of of uh, this myocarditis thing and the unknown long-term implications of that. And for those that don't know what myocarditis is, it's the inflammation of the heart muscle, um, a usually a rare condition brought on by certain types of viruses, but anecdotal evidence has suggested that it may be more prevalent amongst COVID victims. Yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't sound good for athletes. I mean, there's already a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox that's out for the season because of this thing, right? So there's so much we don't really know. So those schools in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, they're like, nah, buddy, we're not, you know, you know, especially with the players in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they started making these moves to join forces, um, get allied up, and um, started asking for things like long, like long-term coverage, um, health coverage. Excuse me, uh, due to the, the unknown risks associated with COVID at this point, and what they felt was um, less than adequate support and prevent and, and safety measures to protect them from 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 the virus. On the other hand, the SEC, the Big Twelve, and ACC schools based in Texas, the Deep South, and Florida, by and large. Um, areas particularly affected by COVID, by the way. Uh, they're ignoring a lot of these potential risks and they're plowing ahead to get that money. And it is just a striking divide across regional and political lines. It's almost impossible to ignore. And I'm not sure if you guys have, but I wanted to bring some attention to it. Uh, it's also worth considering, top to bottom, the Big Ten and Pac-12 have arguably the highest level of academics across the Power Five. 
Um, the, the schools with you know, these schools have um, university presidents that are just more likely to follow the Ivy League's lead, uh, and they're less beholden to big money donors. Donors, excuse me. Uh, in the South, schools like Alabama, LSU, and Clemson, uh, they have to answer the boards, uh, really powerful boards, and state legislatures. And in a lot of these places, there are still people that are resistant to the facts and risks when it comes to COVID. It's just that simple. I mean, we got Nick Saban out here saying football players are safe for playing football in a controlled environment. I mean, football being safer than anything is just ridiculous. I mean, I, even if we're just referring to COVID, a football team is like 90 people. Okay, so that's a risk in and of itself, right? You can't socially distance in a locker room. But a football team is only as safe as it's the weakest link, the weakest link on their schedule. Jim Harbaugh was making a case for the season by boasting how robust their testing program was and how few positive tests they've had. But what even he is failing to realize is their testing is expensive, right? And while Michigan can afford it, a lot of these football programs, particularly in cash-strapped state programs, that are that were affected particularly hard by the pandemic, they can't afford to actually administer these tests. We're hearing some schools aren't even testing players unless they show symptoms, which when you consider the culture of a football program and just the the facts of COVID and how it spreads, that's just patently laughable at this point in the pandemic. It's stupid. So the big thing here is the players in these conferences haven't spoken up or spoken out yet, by and large. A lot of these dudes want to play, but they also want to be safe. And there really doesn't seem like there's a gray area here on this one. Um, them boys up in the Big Ten, they started asking for health coverage and boom, they canceled the season. So some of these boys like Trevor Lawrence at, at Clemson or Justin Fields at Ohio State, they're looking at championship aspirations and they're setting themselves up. They're looking to set themselves up for the league. So they're pushing to play regardless of the safety precautions that are in place, right? Um, they're going to be good regardless. Who we should be really worried about are the kids that aren't going to play in the NFL, okay? They're being pushed out there to the wolves as well. So the universities and states can get this money. All this in an election year, nonetheless. You know, and don't get me started on the implications of there not being a college football season um, in places like the South, where college football is king, due to poor management of the virus. A lot of politicians' heads are going to roll, trust me, okay? Especially in Alabama and Georgia and those places that really, really thrive and depend on the business of college football. Those politicians are going to play, mostly Republicans, by the way. Um, thus creating an even even further incentive to push forward with the season in a lot of these places where playing college football is going to be dangerous. So what that leaves me with and what I want to leave you with is the players in this situation have leverage and real power for the first time. And I'm just hoping those brothers down south um wake up i know i know it's scary i know there's a lot of dudes who don't want to go back but they gotta wake up and realize what their brothers up north and out west have already taken notice of now is the time 
to grab that power. Trump is at it again, y'all. If you haven't heard, President Donald Trump is playing with the U.S. Postal Service. That's right. He's playing with the mail. All right, so when Granny don't get her insulin, all right, or that check that you that you expecting, that stimulus check don't get to you, um, you know why. They're playing with the U.S. Postal Service. They're playing with the mail. All right, a couple months back, he installed a complete crony, a campaign donor, and really a fucking idiot with no postal or logistical experience as head of the U.S. Postal Service. All this in an effort to curtail mail-in voting ahead of the election, in which, with the emergence of a generational pandemic and all, uh, we actually expect mail-in voting to play a pivotal role, and it's going to be more prevalent than ever, to be honest with you. Uh, Donald Trump peeped this a while back, um, and he's losing. Like I mentioned, he's going to lose. If everyone that wants to vote votes, he's going to lose. It's going to be bad. So he peeped this a while ago, and he began his assault on mail-in voting, um, first at briefings and on Twitter. Uh, he started incorrectly suggesting that there was some type of difference between absentee and mail-in. Uh, additionally, suggesting mail-in voting was unsafe and rife with fraud, which is interesting for a couple of reasons. The first being that Donald Trump and most people in his administration vote absentee, right? Um, he's actually voting absentee for Florida this year. He actually just mailed in his ballot the other day. Um, it's also interesting that mail-in balloting, absentee voting, either one, because they're interchangeable, despite what Donald Trump wants to tell you, um, that's been a mainstay of the of the Republican platform for at least the last 35 years. That's how they've been winning elections that they've won. Okay, so that's the second reason why it's particularly interesting. And then lastly... Uh, while electoral election fraud is wildly rare, the most recent and highest profile occurrence um, in the last 50 years actually happened in North Carolina in, in 2017, and it was by a Republican nonetheless, and they were illegally collecting and changing absentee val ballots um, in black neighborhoods. They know this. <laughs> and nonetheless, Donald Trump and his crony, uh, Louis DeJoy, They've taken things one step further as of late. Uh, systematically, they're dismantling the USPS physically. Like they're cutting overtime. They're removing sorting machines. They're firing department heads that are speaking out. And they're installing new policies meant to slow down mail and quote unquote cut costs. Now, the New York Times has been doing a great job covering of this from the jump, um, uh, especially since Trump installed the joy. And yesterday they wrote, uh, DeLeo Freeman, a 26-year-old, uh, oh, excuse me, a 26-year veteran of the, of the uh, Postal Service and now the president of the local American Postal Workers Union in Cleveland, described piles of mail stacking up in the regional distribution center and postal offices around the region. He said, quote, the decisions happened so rapidly. Now we're seeing the effect of those decisions, Mr. Freeman said. People are coming in every day complaining about how long it's taking them to receive anything. What the heck is going on, they'd say. 
He said further delays had occurred after five mail sorting machines in the major Cleveland uh, area distribution center were dismantled in recent days. Critics worried that political influence inside the Postal Service has focused on the on the removal of 671 sorting machines, about one eighth of its devices from facilities across the country. Here's what Donald Trump had to say about this. Um, at a press conference this past Thursday, out loud. That's right. Take a listen. They want three and a half trillion uh, billion dollars for the mail-in votes. Okay, universal mail-in ballots. Three and a half trillion. They want twenty-five billion dollars billion for the post office. Now they need that money in order to have the post office work, so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Now, in the meantime, they aren't getting there. By the way, those are just two items. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. If the post office, if they're not going to approve a bill and the post office therefore won't have the money, and if they're not going to approve a big bill, a bigger bill, and they're not going to have the three and a half billion dollars for the universal mail-in votes, how can you have those votes? Negotiations are still ongoing about whether to get more money to the Postal Service. Why not put more resources and more money yourself? Find a way to do that to make sure there isn't... Well, they can do it very easily. All they have to do is make a deal. If they make a deal, the Postal Service is taken care of. The money they need for the mail-in ballots would be taken care of if we agree to it. That doesn't mean we're going to agree to it. But all they have to do is make a deal. You hear this motherfucker? Like, what Donald Trump is doing, overstepping his power, uh, using federal institutions as for his personal political benefit, one could argue that this is an even more impeachable offense than the Ukraine affair. It's unprecedented. And... Obama put it best on Friday while he was on Campaign HQ with David Plough. Um, I think I have a clip here. Why don't you guys take a listen? One moment. What we've never seen before is a president say, I'm going to try to actively kneecap the Postal Service <laughs> to <laughs> encourage voting, and I will be explicit about the reason I'm doing it. Yeah. That's sort of unheard of. And, and Obama's right. Uh, for the people that are new to politics, that they might not get the absurdity of everything, and these things might become super normalized. Um, don't get this shit confused. What Donald Trump is doing is dangerous. It's illegal. And we need to be vigilant about it. If the, the Democrats in the House and Senate are unable to wield oversight and call Louis DeJoy and Donald Trump and all his cronies to the Capitol and have them answer for these actions, the people will have to make a decision for themselves to do whatever it takes to make our voices heard, make sure our voices are heard, uh, regardless of the actions, uh, policies, uh, criminal behavior of the current, uh, the current administration is exhibiting, or COVID. Uh, we're gonna have to overcome those things. Because they are doing all of those things, the actions, the policies, and the criminal behavior, that is, 
all in an effort to undermine the freedoms guaranteed to us by those who have bled for our country. And I'm not usually the one on my soapbox talking that patriotic shit. But damn, man, like, <laughs> y'all don't realize how fragile this shit is. The post office, man, y'all really gonna let the, the president take over the post, the post office so he can win an election? <laughs> nah, man, we can't stand for that. Hey, man. I ain't write a lot of notes for this one, but I just wanted to take a little time out in this podcast to address something very, very quickly. Um, this QAnon shit, all right? Um, I'm seeing a lot of folks that I don't want to insult necessarily because I'm not trying to be mean, okay? There's some shit going around on the internet um, some conspiracy theory stuff about there being some type of satanic worshiping, um, pedophile ring, um, headquartered in Washington, D.C., in a pizza parlor that's secretly being controlled by the Hollywood elite and Jews and all types of crazy stuff. And of course, Donald Trump is. Uh, covertly uh, in Washington, D.C., trying to break it up, right? Right. So what we're seeing a lot of is the save the children, save the children, save the children hashtags. And listen, I am against uh, child sex trafficking um, as much as the next guy, okay? Uh, however... It's pretty clear that the only people that are being attached to such a such a nefarious network of despicable behavior, right, um, happen to be like liberals and Democrats and Ellen DeGeneres and LeBron James and Tom Hanks and Hillary Clinton and just, you know, Conspicuously, all the people Donald Trump hates. And, I mean, Jeffrey Epstein, that whole thing, I think there's some credence to the suspicious nature and elements surrounding his death. I truly believe so. But I just think it's odd that in all these conspiracy theories, they they um, kind of fortunately and coincidentally leave out Donald Trump who's actually named in a in a court document with Jeffrey Epstein in which um a victim named Donald Trump as someone she performed oral sex for when she was 13 years old that exists in public record um so these things, these pedophile things always spring up every four years around the election. I remember 
in 2016, Hillary Clinton was running a pedophile ring out, outside of a pizza out of a pizza parlor, and some people believed it so much that a guy actually showed up with a gun, thinking, excuse me, thinking he was going to liberate the children. And while his heart was in the right place, I don't want to, I don't want to shit too much on a guy who, while obviously being stupid. Um, his heart might have been in the right place because he wanted to go save some kids. But listen, man, we've been here before. Okay. Um, we've been here before with the conspiracy theories and things like that. And the really, really, really disappointing thing is seeing black people um, sharing these these conspiracy theories, not knowing where they're coming from. And where they where it's coming from absolutely matters because credibility matters, right? Credibility is supposed to absolutely matter. And if if, if you are sharing or retweeting something um, because it's sensational and, you know, we've heard things about Hollywood and all that stuff like that, and it seems like, you know, these things are plausible, don't be so quick. How about take a little deeper dive and think about, hmm, who is this and why do they want me to share this? Okay? If y'all are really concerned, and if you guys are really concerned about saving the kids, right, how about you actually go and do some volunteer work for some of these organizations that are fighting child sex trafficking? How about you donate to some of these organizations that are fighting sex trafficking? How about you how about you confront your homeboy that likes fucking with with young girls, right? There's so many things that y'all can be doing in your own lives to be to save the children that when you share that shit you just look stupid and you look intellectually dishonest. Okay? Um let's let's do better. Let's do better. Let's catch the real pedophiles first before we start um accusing Tom Hanks Let's catch the real pedophiles. All right. Um, Donald Trump is wishing Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell well. Wishing her the best. Okay, this is a convicted sex trafficker in the flesh, and the president is wishing her well. I have not seen Donald Trump included in not one of these QAnon theories. I wonder why. I wonder why. So come on, y'all. Let's do better. Let's be better. I don't want to hear any more of this bullshit. Let's do better. Um, I want to pit, make a quick pivot to some pop culture. Uh, this week, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion um they caused quite a stir to say the least um they dropped a song called wop um euphemistically termed wop and it stands for wet ass i that's wet ass woman's body parts and to be honest with you 
I've done my hardest for the sake of this podcast to not listen to the entire song or watch the video. I actually have it paused right here in front of me at zero, 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 and I'm going to watch it for the first time live on this podcast. Now, I cannot play the song on the podcast for licensing reasons, but I am going to play it in my headphones. I'm going to give you my best live reaction to this video. All right, hold on. All right, so we're walking through, we're opening through the gates. Okay, it's, it's squirting water out the titties on the on the water fountain. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of water. Okay. 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 In this house, there's some homes in this house. Okay. This this should go. This should go. Now I don't think I don't think Cardi is that great of a rapper. But the visuals is tough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now they got all these snakes. I'm trying to figure out what that's supposed to mean. I'm... Okay, Meg. Yo, Megan is is fire. Like she got bars. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Of course, yo, of course. Was this before Meg got her foot shot up by Tory Lanez? I think that's. I think the folks got to know that, because the way she moving, she looking pretty good for somebody who just had surgery. Okay, now is this is this Kylie? Which one of them is this? I remember y'all was talking about it. I think that's Kylie. Why they even why they even put her in this video? Oh, what is this thing that she got on? Whoa. Back of a throat. Whoa. Oh. Meg with the split. Oh. Bottom feeder. I've been seeing y'all quoting this song all week and I didn't even know. Now I know. Y'all some freaks. Hey, hey. Y'all some freaks, aren't you? <laughs> I've been seeing people quote this song all week. Little did I know. And some of y'all who I would never think would be quoting this song was quoting this song. Y'all was telling on yourselves, huh? Macaroni in a pot. 
She's just dropping all the euphemisms. So listen, I think I think the video is just about done. I don't know what I don't know what the big deal. I don't know what the big deal was about. So yeah, so I hope I ain't sound too crazy, but listen, I, I just watched the whole video and I don't really know what the big deal is about. Um, I'm seeing a lot of uproar. Um, I saw some dude who claimed that he used to that he claimed that he used to do videos for Snoop Dogg and um Eve and a bunch of different industry heads, and he's talking about how this shit isn't art and it's porno and it's it's bad for our girls. And listen, man, I'm so tired of y'all with y'all. Oh, my daughters and blah 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 blah. Those are honestly the worst dudes. The people that be violating women the most, be trying to marginalize women the most, be the people the loudest at times like these. Like, oh, what are we doing about role models for our daughters? What are you doing to be a role model? Like, rap has been built on misogyny, sex, drugs, all types of shit, right? Rap has been built on misogyny, sex, drugs, all types of all types of silly shit and now some of the most some of the wildest rappers from our heyday are acting indignant on on twitter about this song and honestly man i see them paying a lot of homage to hip-hop and some of the songs that we've had in the past some of that little kim and um a little bit of three six, you know. I'm I'm seeing a lot of it, and what I'm seeing is two powerful women kind of owning owning their message and owning their medium. And listen, man, if if y'all were gonna if y'all were gonna download and stream and watch conscious female rappers, they'd be doing that too. All right, these are business women. They know what y'all trying to see. I just clicked on that video. That shit had a hundred million views, man. You can't argue with that. You can't. That's just a dope song. Um, if there were clubs right on, if there were clubs going on right now, I know that song would be knocking. So I mean, shout out to them. Um, it's about time the ladies had their anthem. I know they had the city girl shit last year, but that shit was ass. Um, this is actually a, a hot song. Uh, Meg got bars. Um, Cardi B still a little overrated for my taste, but I love what she does with her visuals and I love that she owns, I feel like she has her hand in everything. So I think, um, I think this is a great moment for, 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 uh, for, for women in hip hop and <laughs> listen, dog, if you got a problem with that video and you know women women breaking it down for you in that video and something's wrong with you bro i don't got no problem with it at all sign me up for some wop <laughs>
knowledgeable person when it comes to uh, holistic wellness and um, some of those alternative ways for you to be able to live a healthier, um, happier lifestyle. And um, after a couple conversations with her, I thought it would be, I thought it'd be really dope to get her on here and um, and have her share some things, uh, not only with my audience, but perhaps even attract a different audience um, to who might derive some value from um, these 45 minutes we share together. So um, what's going on, Zakia? How are you? I'm good, Kev. That was so sweet. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Yeah, it was no... Um, I mean, thank you for being so awesome. Um, <laughs> because of the conversation we had, like I said, um, I thought it would be dope. Uh, and I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to to, to chat with us. And hopefully we can get you on um, some future episodes. What do you think about that? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, to the future talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All about the future talk. So um, how about tell the folks, tell the con folks a little bit about what you do. and um, and why you're here. Well, currently I am a culinary student. I attend the Institute of Culinary Education in Manhattan, and I was in the 13 month program, which is a part-time. I enrolled in their new program, which is a health supportive career path, which is more so focused on alternative and holistic approach to cooking. I mean, for me, I wanted to use food as medicine. So I knew that going to a traditional culinary school where, you know, you're using a lot of French techniques, it would be a lot of butchery. And I don't use a lot of meat in my food. Lard and all those type of (laughs) uh, delectable, savory, delicious. All the things that you love. (laughs) All the things that you love. I was just like, no, you know what? We got to figure out how we going to make something special with some beans and some rice and turn that into, you know, a dinner for the family. Yeah. But it's been really exciting. I mean, outside of this pandemic, you know, things have been put on pause. I wasn't able to finish, but, you know, I'm continuing self-studying and I look forward to when the school opens back up. Got you. And, and, And what part of that led you to a place where you're thinking, wow, I really want to, I really want to share some of the things that I'm, I'm learning about how, what you put into your body translates to like, no, um, a healthy mental and, and everything else. Yeah, well, you know, what's interesting is that I never was this type of eater growing up. I mean, my parents just wasn't, it's not that they weren't health conscious, but it more so was just a routine of you having your animal protein, vegetables, you know, grain. It wasn't focused more so on what the food is really going to do for your body. It's like, this was on sale. We can make this in 30 minutes. Let's go. Yeah. And you're going to be full. <laughs> right. You're going to be full. You're going to go to sleep. And you're going to wake right. up. You're going to be gonna good. Be more food. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't until I actually got to college. And I, one of my pro fights, she actually was raising her daughter as a vegetarian. And I thought that was so crazy because I, it, the first thing I said to myself is just, how are you going to raise a kid like that, right? And she was wait, like, wait, wait, easy. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to have to tell the folks. You, can't, you just can't say pro fights. <laughs> and you're not going to tell the folks. 
Oh, my bad. Let me let me bag it up. So uh, the distinguished Delta Sigma Theta Sorority okay. Incorporated. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Devastating Delta Zeta chapter. Okay. Let's get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. My, my bad for interrupting. Go ahead. Nah, I appreciate it. You got to put some respect on that name, right? For sure. For sure. So my pro fight was telling me pretty much about her lifestyle of being mm -hmm. a vegetarian. And when she broke it down, I said, you know what? I want to try that for myself. It really seems like a journey that has brought her a lot of fulfillment. fulfillment. And I did it, but I didn't know what I was doing, right? So I just took meat off the plate. So I would have, let's say fried rice, broccoli, you know, vegetables, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I would just try to make meals without adding chicken or steak to it. Yeah. And as I'm sure you could probably imagine, it was it didn't last long. Yeah. Because it wasn't a whole meal. And so once I went back to eating regular, just how I knew, I realized that it was interesting of, of a concept, but I needed to gain more fundamental knowledge on just nutrition and how to cook really right yeah. because if you don't cook yourself you're not going to be creative and you're certainly not going to be prepared because a lot of the issues that come up for people it's just not knowing where to go or what to get yeah. in a crunch so that that pretty much started that afterwards i became a pescatarian where i was only eating fish but still trying to balance with you know more plant-based vegan but every now and then adding fish to the table and eventually i took an online cooking course through forks over knives and yeah. that yeah that was really fun actually um it was a three month course and it really just opened up my eyes to all the things that you could possibly do as intimidating to me as trying to be a complete vegan. It really helped build me into a daily routine from what I eat when I wake up in the morning, the snacks I could bring with me and just being creative. And it was the yeah. first time I really was playing around with food in that way. How, how did you start to notice like your body, your your body changing, um, and um, more importantly, what are some of the things that you feel that other people can take with them, um, particularly women, um, young women, women approaching their thirties, to take into um, adjusting their diet this way? Well, the first thing is you always have to do a body scan on yourself where you think about your energy levels you think about how you are you know your involvement especially if you're exercising if you have a a regimen or a routine for yourself how changing your diet affects that routine yeah and if you notice that you have some moments where you're more sluggish that to me was the biggest indicator my energy levels because I, I would say around that time, I may not have been exercising the same way, yeah. but I, I certainly was active, right? You know, I'm active in school, I'm working all the time, and I stand on my feet for work, being that I worked in service and hospitality. So when I noticed that, you know, the change in my diet was helping me to, I mean, I just had enthusiasm throughout my day. I knew mm -hmm. I was on the right path for myself. And especially 
when you have digestive issues too, you know, that, that also plays a major role in understanding what foods may have irritants or allergies to. Um, What what, what are some of the foods that you found that like have had a a positive effect on things like mood? Because you you mentioned enthusiasm, which is very interesting. I don't, there's not, (laughs) for me, right? And I don't know if a lot of men listening can, um, can sympathize. Usually if there's one thing I lack after I eat, is enthusiasm. <laughs> right? Right, right. I, I don't associate like um being full um or I guess like being satiated with also then feeling enthused. How do you how do you do that? You know, that's a really good point because nine times out of ten you probably have way more food on your plate than what you're supposed to. And oh. so that <laughs> 10 times out of 10, <laughs> right. 10 times out of 10. Right. So that can give you that sluggish feeling afterwards. Okay. And I would say just changing out cooked foods for maybe raw foods like salads, you know, the, the raw vegan diet, that's a whole world in itself. But okay. if you just start adding salads to your to your meals right Mm -hmm. you know you might have the same you know whatever your traditional dinner is you just add a salad before that you will start to eat a little less Mm -hmm. and especially if you start creating your own dressings instead of buying the store-bought dressings that it does change things just you know it, it has more vitality to it yeah. So to have, you know, that energy level, you want to eat food that still has the energy within it. And then okay. if you want to, if you want to add, let's say, fermented foods to that too, that also. Fermented foods. Yeah. Fermented that's like foods. The, yeah, yeah. That's, every, every, everybody listening is, is scrunching their eyebrows together like me right now. Like fermented <laughs> foods? What the f*** are you talking about? Right, right. What do you, what do you mean by fermented foods? You'd be surprised. So you ever have kimchi before? Um, I've seen someone making kimchi before. And right. it grossed me out. <laughs> well, put it like this, right? Whenever you're, whenever you're eating, let's say, pickled foods, right? Like the cabbage or the pickled peppers, those are like the pickled vegetables. That's going into like the world of fermented foods, right? Okay, okay. Um, miso. If you've ever went to an Asian restaurant and had miso soup before your meal. I have, I have, I have. That's a fermented food. I was thirsty as hell, I'm telling you, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) So salt is a a contributor. And let's say if you wanted to exchange your soy sauce that you, as a condiment, shoyu is a live fermented Okay, show you that you could just how do you spe- how do how yeah. we spell that for the S- folk? S H O U Y. No, wait a minute. I'm wait, I'm messing this up. Show you S H. Okay, we'll go with that. Show 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 you. We'll go with that. Show you, ladies and gentlemen. Show you. All right, we'll go with that. Just. No, just, don't, just pop don't hold me on that. Google shoyu soy sauce, and then um, Google will do the magic. Trust me on that one. Shoyu, yes. S-H-O-Y-U. Awesome. Okay. You should have been confident. I wasn't that far off. Should have been confident. But yeah, yeah. 
that's dope. You know, it's funny. You're actually, you're, you're diving right into it. Before we got on, you mentioned something about, um, you know, you, you, you put in together a, a list, um, a couple of things that people can yeah. kind of some, ac- some actionables, right. That p- some deliverables that people can take with them and maybe put in, put in, uh, in action as soon as possible. Want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I always think it's empowering whenever you can be in control of your own wellness. Right. And there's always a Google or a WebMD that's going to tell you one thing, but at the end of the day, it doesn't make you feel confident. You want to be able to say that I'm making choices. I'm making thoughtful choices. And these are also things that they're actionable steps that you can you can measure to see the difference. So this isn't my specific criteria. It's one that my teacher, uh, Dr. Anna Marie Colvin, she's the founder mm-hmm. of the program that I'm at in culinary school. And she had a food selection that goes as follows. So to always pick food that are whole, fresh, organic, local, in season, in harmony with tradition that are real unprocessed and non-GMO. And so when you think about that list, right? Sometimes you can't always get every food group into that, right? But let's say you can can go to the farmer's market. So you already know that you're gonna get fresh, whole, organic. It's a farmer's market, so it's in season, right? It's local. Those are the kind of things that you may want to keep in your head. I mean, every, every time you go food shopping, it's not going to be the same way, but it's a map to help you stay on target for your personal goals. All right. That's all the show we have for you this week. A uh, special shout out to my home girls, Zakia Mack, for joining me on the inaugural session of Healthy Living 101. Uh, I really appreciate you for that. And a special shout out to you, the audience, for joining me for another episode of Pull the Pin with me, Kevin Joma. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, share, and rate us five stars. If not, I am inclined to think you are a hater. We try to do this for you every week. Uh, if not, just understand life happens. Either way, we bringing it to you with what you expect. That's W-Y-E-X-P-E-C-T.com. We cover the culture, sports, and the movement. So get out and vote this November like your life depends on it, y'all. Because it just might. Peace.